All right, now we're live on YouTube. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talkin' Tech with Jake and uh, not Tim. Tim is not here today, uh, so we have a special guest. We have Max here. So hello, everyone. Applause effect. Um, so now I guess uh, we'll roll the intro. All right, so um, let's jump into it. The headline for the week, uh, Samsung Galaxy S21 event. So there were a bunch of things that were announced. There is the Galaxy S21 and S21 Plus, uh, which will be available on January 29th for like actual getting it. Pre-orders are available now. Um, then there's also the S21 Ultra, which I believe comes out the same day as well. Um, and this is compatible with the new S Pen, or previous S Pens as well. Um, then we also, I believe, the Galaxy Buds Pro as well, uh, with IPX7 water resistance. And then something interesting, the uh, Galaxy Smart Tag, which is a tile-like competitor, um, which we did hear some rumors about Apple releasing theirs at some point soon as well. And uh, yeah, that was everything that was announced. So uh, let's first go over the Galaxy S21 and S21 Plus. So the uh, Samsung Galaxy S21 starts at $799 and the S21 Plus starts at $999. So they did bring these prices down from last year, which is good because they were way too expensive. And then, uh, but they did remove some key features uh, like the micro SD card slot and the back of the phones are now actually um, I don't know if it's just the S21 or the S21 Plus as well, but it's now made of um, plastic instead. Um, but on the Ultra, you do have the matte glass, which does feel uh, very nice. Um, let's see. I believe their physical size is the same as last year. Um, and I'll bring up a picture here on the screen in a minute um, so that you can uh, see what it looks like, but there are, on the Galaxy S21, uh, there are three cameras and a flash, um, just in like a vertical line. Um, and then uh, the S21 Ultra starts at $1,199. Um, and this is like their top of the line phone. Um, and it is compatible with the S Pen now, which means I think the Galaxy Note series is uh, coming to an end relatively soon. Um, but it is now compatible with the S20, uh, with the S Pen, um, and so you can get that on January 29th as well. Um, so yeah, they all have the new Snapdragon 888, which uh, is now uh, only it's only in North America, and then they just upgraded the um, their own Exynos chips, uh, which is for the rest of the world. Um, but yeah, any thoughts on the the new uh, phones? It looks awesome. I love how they added 120 hertz displays. That's huge. Um, and they have a similar thing to the uh, the Pixel phones where it has adaptive refresh rate. Yeah, yeah, I really like that feature. Um, and I saw that Samsung is offering 
a lot of money for trade-ins right now. Yeah, I looked at that too. For If you have an iPhone SE, you can get $200 off if you get one of these. And that wow. one's pretty old. So. Yeah, I, I was looking for my uh, my Pixel 4 XL, and they were going to offer me 350 which is pretty good since yeah. it's two generations old at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like the... I think it looks really clean on the back, like with the, the camera setup. It definitely looks really nice. I think I think they nailed it on that. I think the uh, the S Pen compatibility is a little uh, gimmicky though. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't have nearly the same uh, features as the Note does with the S Pen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So if you're looking for a stylus, I'd still definitely go for a Note. Yeah, my guess is it'll get better over over time because they are gonna end up getting rid of it. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I thought I thought um, these phones are are pretty cool. Um, I'll pull up a picture here right now. One moment. Um, let's see. All right. Um, yep. Yeah, so here is the phone over here. Um, it looks, looks I love that new black color. Yeah, me too. The black is my favorite out of all Phantom of them. Phantom black? Yeah. I don't, I'm not a huge fan. I mean, the purple looks uh, okay, but um, I really like the black. It looks pretty clean. Um, yeah, we can scroll through some here. Yeah, so here's the, the black one. Uh, the black one here. It looks very, very nice. Um, yeah, here it is. Uh, yeah, so I, I definitely think this black one looks uh, the best out of all of them. I do find the color things like a bit weird, like the, how they did it, where they were like, you can only get certain phones in certain colors. Like I think the S21 and S21 Plus only come in the purple and the white and silver, whereas the S21 Ultra I think, <coughs> comes in the black and the, um, the black and the silver, or white and silver. I saw some green color. Was I mistaken? Um, I thought I saw a green color on the Samsung web. Like a, a really dark... Um, a pine green. It. it may have been a skin they were showing in there. Uh, yeah, I don't, in I, one don't of their think, commercials. I don't think so. It may and have it had like a, a carbon fiber kind of look to the camera bump. Oh, actually, I let's. I'm gonna go to their their website here. Um, I did see they actually, yeah, Galaxy S21. So I'll look up um, on their website because I think uh, you can scroll through like all the different colors. Um, one of the things I do like is that uh, you can get the Galaxy Bud Buds Pro Plus. What yeah. Yeah, uh, you can, uh, as when you buy when you pre-order one of these, I did this in the past too. You get the um, you you get those for free with the phone. Um, so yeah, that, I, so I found it. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll send it over. Phantom black, navy, brown, titanium, silver. Oh, is it is it the titanium? Uh, maybe it might be titanium. It just looks like it's next to the brown. Next to the brown. Uh, is this on the S21 or Ultra? S21 Ultra 5G, it says. Yeah, that one. 
Um, next to the brown is the navy. Let's see. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. I like those neutral colors in the yeah. middle there. Yeah, they definitely. Yeah, they definitely look nice. I think the yeah the carbon fiber looks nice too. Um, yeah, that titanium and the navy. Yeah. Brown. I'm not sure who would want a brown phone, but um, yeah, not sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's a decision. Um, but yeah, no, overall, these definitely seem like pretty great phones to buy. And especially if you pre-order it right now, you get the Galaxy Buds Pro Plus things or whatever. The, what is it? The, let's see, Galaxy Buds Pro um, that, <laughs> that you get with it. Um, so, and I think those have, um, yeah, they have uh, noise, active noise cancellation built in, and they're like $200, so like $50 less than AirPods, so they did a good job with, yeah. uh, getting that price down, because I knew they had to compete. Um, but yeah, they definitely, they look pretty nice, and the case is very small and compact. I wasn't a huge fan of the other ones, because the case was so long, kind of like the AirPods Pro. I'm not a huge fan of like the long style cases, I prefer like the like the regular airpods case and what these ones have um also look pretty nice yeah um let's see here um one of the things they did um remove from the box was the charger and i believe they also removed the earbuds um after mocking apple about doing that um yeah <laughs> which i find pretty funny and also um like what came out like a day before the event or something like that they actually tweeted something like to say everyone come to like the event and stuff and if you look at the bottom on twitter it says um where they tweeted it from and it says they actually tweeted that from an iphone which i thought was uh pretty funny um but yeah they they ended up doing that which i thought was pretty great um but yeah overall i think they did a good job with these phones so um i'm excited to to see um what they do in the future. Um, next up, um, so apparently Apple is blocking Apple Silicon Mac users from sideloading iPhone apps. Um, so apparently uh, Apple has turned off users' ability to unofficially install iOS apps onto their M1 Macs. Uh, while iOS apps are still available in the Mac App Store, many apps such as Dark Sky and Netflix don't have their developers' approval to be run on macOS. Up until now, there was a workaround that allowed uh, the use of third-party software to install the apps without having to use the Mac App Store, but it seems that Apple has remotely disabled it. Um, So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's kind of like on the iPhones, how they, um, like, you can't install, like, any app technically. Or if you can, it's only for seven days. I think that's kind of um, what this is, which, I, I mean, like, I guess if the developers don't give approval, but I still don't think that um, this is a huge deal. Like, they, they, they should have just let this one slide. I hate to say it, but I feel like it's just another, another restriction that Apple's making on you. <laughs> I don't have an M1 Mac, so this doesn't affect me, but... True, true. <laughs> um, and continuing on with Apple, um, Apple is reportedly prototyping foldable iPhone screens. Um, so uh, Apple has started, ha has started on a work on a foldable iPhone and begun prototyping the foldable screens internally. A final device is still years away. My guess is, like, 2024 we'll get this. Um, uh, and Apple is just working on the display for now, uh, not the rest of the phone. Um, but the 
Sorry, what? I was going to say, I don't understand the, the hype about these foldable phones. I think they should start off with, like, foldable iPads or something. Yeah. Well, my guess is these foldable phones are going to basically turn into iPads, if I had to guess. It'll yeah. Be, it'll end up being, like, the size of an iPad mini, at least. Because the problem now is that the, the iPad is just it's an awkward size, I think. Yeah. Like, you still need to carry, like, a, a laptop size. Yeah, pad. although the, the new iPad Pros, apparently, like, a lot of people have been switching to use those, like, full-time, yeah. which I find really interesting. But, um... Anyway, the initial prototypes sound similar to foldable screens that um, have been used in Samsung uh, and Motorola and others. Um, so Apple is looking to make foldable screens with a with a mostly invisible hinge that could unfold to around the size of the iPhone 12 Pro Max. So I guess this is going to be one of those clamshell uh, ones. Um, so kind of like an old flip phone. I think they are also working on a right on a bigger one as well, kind of like the Samsung Galaxy Fold. Um, yeah. But uh, but I find it interesting that they're using Samsung um, displays because, like, Samsung has their own foldables. So I find that a little strange. But because um, yeah. But um, I think I also heard. I don't know if it's on this article, but I heard that they're they're using some sort of like chemical to try to make the glass stronger and they're going to be use it to make the and i don't think they're going to be plastic they're going to be like actual glass because of um things that have happened in the past with the galaxy screens and like the motorola ones they're just like not super strong yeah very Um, sensitive to scratching and stuff and yeah so i think they're trying to make they want to like do it right and make sure that it's like um not that um yeah, so they're still testing it for now, but um, hopefully we'll see. And um, the iPad Pro um, will not be... It, speaking of like the iPads, uh, apparently we should be getting a refresh within the next month or two with mini LED displays. So uh, that's What do they have now? Uh, OLEDs, hmm. I believe. But they're going to be I thought I thought OLEDs were like the best you could get. No, I think mini LEDs are even better. Hmm. I forget why, um, but um, mini LEDs are like the top ones. Um, all right, so next up, WhatsApp uh, is going to delay new privacy policy um, because of the mass confusion about Facebook's data sharing. Um, so let's see. WhatsApp announced on Friday a uh, three-month delay of the new privacy policy, originally, uh, sl- uh, which was originally uh, supposed to go into effect on February eighth, following widespread confusion over whether the new policy would mandate data sharing with Facebook. The update does not, in fact, affect data sharing with Facebook with regard to user chats or other profile information. WhatsApp has repeatedly clarified that its update addresses business chats in the event a user converses with a company's customer service platform through WhatsApp. Um, so since 2016, WhatsApp has shared a certain has shared certain information with Facebook, including your phone number, unless you were uh, one, of sele- uh, one of the select few users who chose to opt out of data sharing while the option was still available that year, um, which was then removed. Uh, WhatsApp does not, however, look at people's chats, chat messages, or listen to their phone calls, and WhatsApp uh, conversations are end-to-end encrypted to protect against those abuses. Uh, despite this, a pop-up informing users of a new change uh, included 
a mention of how WhatsApp partners with Facebook and it also included an ultimatum instructing users to delete their account uh, if they choose not to agree with the new terms. That gave people the idea that they were being um, like invaded, like their privacy was being invaded. Um, but the company has released a separate blog post this week trying to clear up the confusion and uh, it included uh, a chart that specifies what information is projected is protected and not shared when someone uses WhatsApp. Um, so I think so due to this uh, information, a lot of people, including I think Elon Musk, have switched to um, this new app called Signal, and I don't know if it's new, but they all switched to this app Signal, and then a lot of other people also switched to Telegram, um, which I find pretty interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know Telegram has been around for a while. I think yeah. I may have used it before. Yeah, same. And then I think, um, where is it? I believe um, that uh, the app Signal. I'm gonna try to find it. Um, I've never heard of that one. Um, let's see. All right. Well, I think their uh, app actually like crashed or their like app crashed because so many people were signing up for it um it looks very similar to facebook messenger yeah yeah i'm kind of surprised that they still like have facebook messenger and that they don't kind of like combine facebook messenger and whatsapp like into one app yeah i use facebook messenger for a lot for most of my messaging actually yeah i use it i don't use it a ton um but I do use it sometimes. They they uh, did a good job of implementing the dark mode, uh, which I do. Like. Yeah. Um, Actually, do I have that enabled? I think what? I might have to enable that. Yeah. Dark mode. Oh, that is. That's good stuff. Yeah. I like dark mode. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Um. Let's see. Um, this one's a bit interesting. Um, uh, the last link on the first page. Um, so it says you'll now, uh, you'll soon be able to upload files as big as 250 gigabytes to OneDrive, Microsoft Teams, and SharePoint. So apparently Microsoft will let you upload even bigger files to OneDrive, Teams, and SharePoint, increasing the limit from 100 gigabytes. So that's actually not a lot. I would have thought that you would have been able to upload bigger ones. Because I think on Google Drive you can too, right? You can... How, how big can you... Uh, uh, let me look it up. Upload file size limit. Let's see. Um, okay, so the upload limit like per day is 750 gigabytes. Um, the maximum individual file size that you can upload or, syn or synchronize is 5 terabytes. So, okay, so Microsoft's kind of behind a lot, um, seeming that they only have 100 gigabytes now, but they'll be upping it to 250, which I guess is pretty good. Um, but yeah, so this will be able to help people who, are, who use these services um, to upload like 4K and 8K video projects as well as like CAD files and stuff. I wonder if it's going to come at a cost. Yeah, I wonder that as well. Um, I mean, I know for Google you have to pay over 15 gigabytes, I believe. 
for, yeah, for over 15 gigabytes. So, in order to hold at least 250 gigabytes, I'm sure you have to pay something monthly. Yeah, definitely. Apparently, um, in July, they upped it from 15 gigabytes to 100. So, apparently, before July, you could only upload 15 gigabyte files, which is not a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Microsoft's kind of behind on this one. Let's see. Microsoft OneDrive plan. Uh, oh, yeah, so you only get up to 5 gigabytes That's, oh, wow. okay, on yeah. basic. Google's really, really beautiful. And uh, it says it's 70 bucks a year for 1 terabyte and 99 bucks a year, 100 bucks a year for 6 terabytes. But uh, the standalone, that's two bucks, you get 100 gigabytes. And I don't think you get that much two bucks from Google. Yeah, I get, um, um, if you pay for, like, I think it's, like, I forget how much it is. But I think Google, you can also do it per year. But, um, for, like, yeah. <coughs> I guess for for like Google G Suite for like the basic one you get like thirty gigabytes and it's like six dollars a month but you also get like access to Google Drive and like a custom email and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I think Google, uh, Google's a little bit ahead in this one. But, um, speaking yeah. of Google, Google has completed their uh, purchase of Fitbit. Um, so Google uh, paid two point one billion dollars uh, to buy Fitbit. And so apparently, um, EU had the EU had approved the had approved this deal like late last year, um, and apparently I think um, I think uh, where was it? There was something that said yeah okay so so apparently the approval came. Um, I don't know if it was from the U.S. for today, but apparently Google cannot use Fitbit data from users in the Europe in the European Economic Area, such as GPS and health data for ad targeting. Um, but they can use it for other things. Is it just ad targeting? It says. Um, let's see. Oh, where'd it go? Um, and users must also be able to opt out of having. Uh, their health and wellness data shared with other Google services. I so I think that's that's it, and that's just for the EU, though. Um, so they'll. I'm assuming they're going to end up coming out with a Fitbit made. Google. Google Wear watch. Yeah, probably. It's probably branded by like a like Pixel Watch or something. Yeah, my guess is what they'll kind of do with uh, kind of like what Apple did with like Beats where they like bought them and then they used their technology to kind of like phase them out and then bring in like their own brand which was AirPods. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, let's see. Um I thought um So so apparently the US Department of Justice released a statement on last Thursday saying um that it was still investigating the deal and had not reached a conclusion prior to Google's announcement. Um, 
but I think they may have, like, um, I think, like, the U.S., the, like, Department of Justice may have, like, run out of time or something like that. Like, they had a certain amount of time to, like, either approve the deal or not approve it, and since I think they didn't tell them anything, they ended up just, like, it ended up, like, being approved technically, I think, um, is kind of hmm. what happened, because they kind of forgot about it, but, um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. So, make sure you opt out of, like, those, um, those things, so that Google cannot take your information. Um, let's see, next up, uh, Windows 10X is, uh, Microsoft's answer to, uh, Chrome OS. So, uh, a new and near final version of Windows 10X has leaked, and it offers a first look at changes Microsoft has made to the upcoming operating system to get it ready for laptops. Windows 10X first started off life as a variant of Windows 10 designed for dual screen devices. Uh, it was supposed to launch alongside uh, Microsoft's Surface Neo, a tablet-like device with two separate 9-inch displays that fold out to a 13-inch um, workspace. Uh, Microsoft revealed last year that Windows 10X was being reworked for single-screen devices like laptops uh, and that the Surface Neo had been delayed. While the company has spent years differentiating Windows 10X for foldable and dual-screen hardware, it now looks and feels more like Chrome OS than ever before. So I'm going to um, try to pull something up on this so that you guys can see what it looks like. I, uh, I wonder if they're going to replace the full Windows 10 on the Surface Pro X with yeah. the, the uh, Windows 10X in the future, because I know it didn't perform as well as a, yeah, as a, a right normal, normal Surface, so it would probably perform way better if it had the modified yeah. All right. one. Um, let's see. Almost there. <laughs> okay, um, here we go. So this is what it looks like. Um, so as you can see, it, it does definitely look like um, like Chrome OS uh, with like the apps at the bottom here, like in the center, and then definitely over here. By the time you can see, like that's kind of like on the Chrome OS. That's that's where. It, um, like your control center is basically and then um, the app drawer pops up and that's as well kind of like what Google's looks like um, if we scroll down a little bit um, here's like what the setup screen looks like um, let's see yeah so everything's more like rounded and stuff um, I think it looks kind of nice I think um, I personally think maybe if, um, the Surface RT, if they, like, brought that back and then, um, made this, like, the main software for it, it would be way better than, like, the old Surface RT, which, like, you couldn't do anything on. Um, I yeah. forget what the RT was. Is um, it, like, a budget? That was, like, the first Surface. Surface. I actually have one. Uh, that's, like, the first Surface they ever released, and you couldn't install, um, you couldn't install like regular apps, like PC apps, on there. They were like uh, they had 
they See. had to be like special um, more tablet like yeah basically um which made it a bit annoying um because like i had one and i wanted to like do like normal stuff that you would do on windows but like you couldn't um so yeah but you know uh microsoft lived and then they learned um not to do that again so i guess that's probably why um but uh hopefully um this like we get like we are able to download this soon because it actually um looks pretty good and i think it could be a real competitor to chrome os um if they were to do something like this um, but yeah Okay, next up, let's see, here we go, uh, so apparently Tesla um, has recalled 158,000 cars for failing displays. So um, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, or the TNHTSA, uh, has asked Tesla to recall uh, about 158,000 Model S and Model X vehicles. Okay, that's good. Not the Model Y, because I think I'm going to get the, the Model Y. It's the best one. Um, vehicles that could suffer from failing uh, display consoles, according to a letter published by the agency on Wednesday. The failures of the so-called media control units in these vehicles um, can... Uh, sever the owner's access to their vehicle's backup camera, climate controls, and Tesla's autopilot driver assistance system, increasing risk of a crash, uh, the safety agency says. Uh, the problem, um, or like the defect of it, uh, that they want Tesla to fix involves a worn-out flash memory chip uh, used in the displays of the 2012-2018 Model S sedans and 2016-2018 Model X SUVs. Each time an owner turns on one of these Tesla the Teslas, it eats away at the total capacity of the 8 gigabytes of uh, EMMC NAND flash uh, memory chip on board the NVIDIA, oh wow, they have NVIDIA chip, uh, NVIDIA Tegra 3 processor that powers the displays. Uh, when that capacity is reached, usually about five to six years later, the agency says, the displays become bricked. Um, uh, so Tesla confirms uh, that all the units with this chip will inevitably fail, um, and also provided a, st a statistical model showing projected weekly repairs lasting from tw uh, 2020 to 2028, with most, failure with most failures uh, happening in 2022. So, uh, that is not, not good. What are your thoughts on uh, this? <laughs> kind of strange that um, they designed it to fail in <laughs> six years and thought it was okay to still send those out. Yeah. Um, I guess as they thought it was probably going to fail in a while later. But <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's a huge problem because that display is the, your main control for the yeah, entire it's car. Yeah, like how the car functions. And then like in the Model 3s, I don't know if it affects the Model 3s. Did you say it affected? No, it was the Model, Model S and Model X uh, up to 2018. I think that's before they switched to the landscape display. I think those were the vertical oh, okay. ones. 
um, and it, which I like the landscape <coughs> ones better. Uh, but they're gonna lose a ton of money off of this. Yeah. Hopefully it didn't affect. Hopefully they don't later find that it affects the uh, model threes because. Yeah. My guess, like, is, my guess is they're looking into that right now. If I yeah. Because sure. those uh, the displays in the Model Threes are how you find out how fast you're going. <laughs> yeah. So it's basically undrivable. If yeah. If without the main display. Yeah. Um, yeah. I still find it crazy that that's the only way you can like see how fast you're going. That they don't have yeah. like a dashboard. Right. Thing. Um, but yeah, no. If like at least if each display is like. My guess is each display is like ten dollars. <laughs> if I had to guess, at least. It's probably more than that, but let's say it's ten dollars times one hundred and fifty-eight thousand cars. That's a lot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, and they're also gonna have to pay people to, to, fix to go in and replace them. So yeah, it's gonna cost a lot of money. Yeah, but as well as customer support people as well, because people are probably gonna be pretty angry. Yeah, I mean, Elon could easily cover that. Yeah, yeah, not, that's true. It he's, wouldn't even touch the rich man. Yeah, he's the richest man right now, so not too worried about that. Um, yeah. We were actually talking last night about how if, if Elon gave, like, a dollar to everyone... Hold on a sec. All right, um... Technical difficulties uh, with the the dog in the background. What I was saying was, right. even if uh, even if Elon Musk was to give everyone in the entire world ten bucks, he'd he'd still be the richest man. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think I if he gave everyone in the world ten bucks, he would still have a hundred thirty million. Maybe not the richest, the second richest. Yeah, that's a lot. You still have 130 billion. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. All right, next up, uh, Ring has finally added end-to-end -end encryption to protect your video streams. It's about time. Um, the feature will keep your streams encrypted from the camera all the way to the, to the device it's being streamed to, so it won't be accessible uh, to anyone in between. Um, let's see, the feature was first announced in September, uh, and we'll start rolling out today, which day was this, did this come out on? Um, so this started rolling out like three or four days ago, um, uh, as a, as a technical preview, um, on eight ring cameras, including the doorbell, uh, the doorbell, indoor, and outdoor models, um, of the doorbell. Um, so it's... So I guess it's a user's uh, choice, like they, they're doing it because um, like a bunch of the users wanted it. Um, so apparently it's currently encrypted when it's being transmitted to the Ring servers, and then again when it's sitting on, uh, when it's sitting on the servers as well. Um, but Ring still has access to the footage uh, in order to enable various features like sharing videos through its website or streaming clips to any device you're signed into. Um, Ring says that it does not view customer videos without permission, but the company does have the technical capability to do so. Um, so yeah, if law enforcement received a search warrant for the footage, uh, Ring would be able to hand it over. So, um, so hopefully this 
end-to-end -end encryption um, makes people feel a bit safer. Um, which yeah. Is good. <coughs> uh, let's see. Um, so let's see. Um, Bob Swan, uh, the CEO of uh, Intel, is uh, saying his goodbyes. Um, so he'll be stepping down from the position on February 15th, 2021. Um, uh, the company has announced, and he'll be replaced by the VMware CEO, Pat uh, Gelling Gelsinger, um, which is not as fun to say as Bob Swan. Um, <laughs> but my guess is he will do a better job of running the company because Intel has been losing market share and not doing, been doing very well over these uh, past couple of years. Um, so yeah, apparently he's only been... It seems as though uh, AMD is taking over. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> right now. I think Intel still has a huge percentage, but um, yeah, they're in AMD yeah. slowly creeping up because... Um, Intel does not really seem to be improving like their chips by that much. I don't think. Um, yeah. So they have to they have to step it up. Yeah, a good a good amount of um, laptops used to come in with just into Intel integrated graphics. Yeah. And now a lot of them are coming with a separate GPU, so yeah, you can like save a lot of money in yeah. the. Um, save a lot of money in the CPU department if you get rid of that integrated graphics, which uh, AMD does. Yeah, which, um, yeah, I still find that weird that, like, AMD has, like, their own graphics card line, and yet they don't include integrated graphics with their chips. Yeah. I find that a bit strange. Um, I do think AMD's going to, within the next, like, five to ten years, my guess is they're going to overtake NVIDIA and Intel and be, like, the the uh, king or the, like, they'll have most of the market share when it comes to CPUs and graphics cards. Right, because NVIDIA might have a slight edge in uh, GPUs right now, but because AMD has that, that uh, entire CPU sector yeah. that NVIDIA doesn't have, it's kind of... Yeah, you're yeah. definitely gonna overtake them. No yeah, question. Yeah, and they'll be able to also like <coughs> include like features that they want, like with that just have to do with AMD GPUs and CPUs that like work together that like Nvidia and Intel may be able to do, but it will be like way harder for them to do. Um, right. So yeah, um, but yeah, so he'll be leaving. Um, so. Let's see. So he became CEO two years ago in January 2019. He uh, had taken on the role as in interim uh, CEO in June 2018. Um, but uh, their new CEO, Gel Gelsinger, um, had previously worked at Intel for 30 years um, before then he switched to um, VMware. Um, so yeah. Um, we won't be able to say Bob Swan anymore, but um, hopefully <laughs> Intel will uh, start to do better with their new CEO. I love uh, the CEO of uh, NVIDIA. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's a pretty cool guy. <laughs> yeah. 
Didn't he do like the the keynote from like his kitchen or whatever? Yeah, and he, and like, he had like the GPUs hiding in his kitchen. Yeah, I mean, and he would yeah. just like go go pick them out, and you're like, what? This this yeah. GPU <laughs> yeah. is sitting here the whole time. <laughs> yeah, well, and just the fact that he was just like in his kitchen, like doing like a professional like yeah keynote <laughs> was, was pretty funny as well. Yeah. Uh, next up, the authorities. I think they're, I don't know if they're U.S. authorities or just authorities, um, have taken down the dark web's largest illegal marketplace. Um, so Dark Market, reportedly the largest dark web marketplace, has been taken offline by a uh, Europool coordinated international operation, according to the authorities. Uh, to the uh, German authority law enforcement. Uh, apparently the German law enforcement arrested the Australian man believed to be the operator of the illegal site and seized 20 servers that hosted it bringing an end to what had become a uh, hotbed of illegal activity. Before its closure Dark Market hosted close to 500,000 users and facilitated over 320,000 transactions according to Europool. The Dark Web Marketplace traded everything from drugs and counterfeit money to stolen credit card details and malware. Per Europool's estimate, the site traded the equivalent of 140 million pounds in money today um, in a mix of Bitcoin and Monero. So I guess we can convert that to US dollars. Um, it's a lot of money. Um, <laughs> European authorities plan to seize dark market servers from Ukraine and Moldova to investigate the buyers and sellers who use the site for criminal transactions. Um, dark market was uncovered as a part of a larger investigation into web hosting company Cyber Cyber Bunker. Cyber Bunker um, housed housed servers for both um, uh, for they hosted servers for uh, WikiLeaks and um, some other sites as well in the past. Um, and it, this dark market case uh, is it is any example it seems to be a valuable starting point for future investigations into other illegal sites so um that's not like i i'm, I'm not really sure why you would name the site dark market like if like if you're trying to be secretive like that yeah like that's not like the best name for it like disguise it like somehow but they kind of just like put it out there and like we're like yeah we're gonna call it dark market so the authorities like I, I don't know why like if they thought that they weren't gonna get caught but like they named it dark market which is they were like, asking for it yeah pretty much um but yeah um let's see um here we go Let's do this. TLC um, is so. TLC has showed off uh, two more of its rollable extended display concepts. Um, so I guess so. There's no guarantee that these will come to market, um, but they showed these off at CES. Thought there was one that I looked at here. Actually, instead of this TCL one, because like we're not going to be able to actually use this. It looks pretty cool, but we're not going to be able to actually use this. Um, yeah. Let's do this one from uh, LG, and I'll actually pull the it LG up. LG Wing? What? 
No. LG one. Oh. No, it's a uh, different LG. LG rollable. I think the LG wing is very cool. I yeah, agreed. I think it's pretty cool. As well. All right, let's pull it up right here. Uh, let's see. Okay, so the LG full uh, fold rollable phone is real and it's launching in 2021. So as you guys can see here on the screen, for those of you that are listening to the podcast version, you're obviously not going to be able to see it, but um, you can look it up online. Um, but it looks like uh, if you're holding the phone landscape, uh, it'll rise up and down, um, which is pretty cool. I think it's, it's kind of a weird aspect ratio, I think, because um, it seems almost like a square, and not a, I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, but, yeah, apparently um, they've been working on it for a while. Um, and they didn't really give any details on, like, display sizes. Um, but, um, let's see. So, they, so this is a real product and, like, will be available in 2021, which is pretty cool. It's a unique resizable screen is what LG is calling it. Um, that extends from a phone into a small tablet display. The screen slides in and out of place to provide a bigger screen area. Um, LG says, our management wanted to show uh, that it is a real product and that there were many rumors around the rollable phone. Um, as, it is, as it is released at CES 2021, uh, I can t uh, tell that it will be launched this year. Um, this is what an LG spokesperson said to um, a news website um it's probably gonna be very expensive <laughs> yeah probably the probably wing the wing the wing the wing though pretty sure that was only a thousand dollars right well not only a thousand dollars but like compared to like regular phones you buy i thought the lg wing started a thousand dollars right uh really i thought it was like 1500 i thought LG. it was 2000 at first but then i think I was wrong, and I thought, oops, LG, LG wing, buy now, let's see, you can get it for zero dollars right now if you sign up for, yeah, it week. says a thousand bucks, yeah, I wonder if it was that much when it actually came out, because I thought it was I more thought it was more when it came out, and then, but then it was only a few weeks later I thought I saw them drop the price. So it either they did that or they just like sold it for a thousand dollars. So I don't know how much this is gonna be. Oh no! It says it says the LG Wing will cost nine ninety nine when it launches oh. first at Verizon in October. So all right. Well, I guess it was a thousand dollars the whole time. So it's probably gonna actually be less than a thousand dollars, unless it has like mm -hmm. some crazy specs or something. My guess now. My my guess is it'll probably be between a thousand and twelve hundred if I had to guess, um, depending on the specs of it. That may be why the LG Wing wasn't a ton of money, is because I don't know how good the specs were. Um, yeah. But yeah, so this definitely, uh, that looks pretty cool. I'm excited to see what happens with that. Alright. Next up. Um, Alright, so next up, um, the techprofessor.shop uh, is a place where you can go and buy merch. Um, I recommend heading over there, and you can either use code TalkinTech or new merch to get 10% off your entire order. 
We have uh, hoodies, we have uh, t-shirts, we have masks, we have phone cases, um, we have hats. What else do we have? I think that's it. Oh, we also have gift cards. Uh, so you can buy a gift card for your friend or family member. Um, but yeah, make sure to head over to thetechprofessor.shop and pick up some merch. You can use code TALKINTECH uh, or new merch to get 10% off. TTPmerch.com also does work as well. Um, so let's see. Here we go. Uh, next up, uh, this is kind of funny. Um, so apparently there was a uh, pro-Trump protest outside of uh, Twitter's San Francisco headquarters, um, but apparently only one person showed up. <laughs> um, so um, let's see so Trump supporters uh, around the world uh, or just uh, Trump supporters announced a plan to show their um, like that they were annoyed by protesting in front of the San Francisco headquarters um, this was supposed to take place on January 11th so like five days ago um, in front of, uh, yeah, the, the headquarters, but apparently, so the building was empty with Twitter employees working from home to prevent the spread of COVID-19, but there was still a heavy police presence to protect against mob violence. Um, what happened instead was a fairly quiet event with just a single pro-Trump protester, um, being there. And apparently two counter-protesters were there to applaud Twitter's decision to deplatform to deplatform the uh, outgoing president. So there were more counter protesters than actual protesters. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. I think it's most likely because it's San Francisco, but <laughs> Yeah. Um yeah, because yeah, yeah. Um, all right, next up, uh, apparently pop sockets are going uh, to be MagSafe pretty soon. Like, they're going to be making MagSafe ones. Oh, wow. Um, PopSockets is announcing that it's making uh, its iconic phone holders compatible with MagSafe. When Apple announced that accessories would be able to attach to the iPhone 12 with MagSafe, many people immediately thought of PopSockets including the company itself, obviously, which announced that it would be working on adding compatibility. Now it's finally at the point where it's putting out an announcement and a release window. Um, PopSockets is planning on bringing MagSafe to quite a few of its products, but first, of course, it's the famous Pop Grip. Um, so now if you want to charge your phone wirelessly, you don't have to buy the PopSocket specialized wireless charger. I didn't know they made that, but that was one of the main reasons why I didn't use a PopSocket for very long, is because I was using wireless charging, and, um, you can't do it with a PopSocket. But the MagSafe yeah, version... Yeah, I was not aware of that, uh, the wireless charger. I never heard of that. Yeah. Um, I'm actually gonna take a look. There's a link to it. I'm just gonna see what it looks like. Um... Hmm. Yeah, I don't know how that works. That's weird. Yeah, I don't really know how that works, but whatever. Anyway, uh, the MagSafe version will have a larger base than many pop sockets uh, users may be used to, um, to which it will probably provide space for a uh, no-slip rubber bottom. Hopefully, that will keep the pocket the pop socket from. 
uh, sliding off when going in and out of your pocket, like uh, the Apple's uh, own MagSafe wallet, which is a fail. Uh, it's a good idea, but the magnets are not strong enough, so it just kind of slides in and out um, hmm. when when uh, going in and out of your pocket. I guess you got to bring back the uh, the belt clips. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Going back in style. Um, so here I'll bring up a photo of this. Um, one second. All right. Um, so yeah, so this is what it what it looks like. Um, yeah, so the base is definitely way bigger, um, like the bottom of it, and then um, the pop socket is the regular size. So I don't think that's a huge deal, but um, yeah, I think that it looks a little weird. But I think it's good that they yeah. that they decided to do this. Um, definitely not a fan of that marble color. Yeah, I'm not either. But um, yeah. Um, So yeah, I guess they'll also be doing like car mounts and stuff like that as well, which is good. Yeah. Oh, so I wonder, so you know those um, car mounts that like you'd put a magnet in the back of your phone case? And yeah, and then there's a magnet it, on the... Yeah, yeah, and then you would like throw it up and it would magnetize. So I wonder if now you can just throw your phone up there. Like if you have... Oh, I guess it's a ring of magnets, so it's not in the center. So actually, never mind, that may not work. But they probably I mean, someone's it, probably made some where you can just throw your phone up there. If I had to guess, like this special MagSafe ones that, if not already out yet, are in um, are they're being made. I mean, if the if the wallet wouldn't stay on from the weight of the phone, then I wonder if if the MagSafe would be able to hold a phone up, especially yeah. in a car. That's true. Not sure. Um, so next is a big one. Um, so, uh, so Apple and Google and um, Amazon Web Services um, have they. So first it was Google and Apple. They gave, um, I believe, they gave uh, this company. It's called Parler, and it was a. It it was sort of. It was kind of like Twitter, I think. Um, where, where people could like post stuff and it was like public uh, and stuff like that and so apparently they gave a lot of the um, what happened uh, at the US Capitol building uh, like not this past Wednesday but the one before um, like those riots a big portion of the way they were able to communicate was through this app called Parler and they would publicly post stuff um, and so Apple, and I don't know if Google did, but I know Apple gave them a 24-hour notice to start moderating all of um, the chats that were happening. So that these weren't like private chats, but these were like public ones. Um, and they told them that they needed to start like moderating them and making sure like people, like the people that were uh, at these pro or at these protests or riots. Um, we're not using this app to communicate through them. Otherwise, their app would get shut down and like removed from the app store. And so later, the company um, put out a um, what's it like? They they put out the not a press release, but something like that. They put out a yeah, statement. Yeah. Sorry, a statement saying that um, they didn't think there was anything wrong uh, with what was going on on their app. 
So after 24 hours, Google and Apple removed the app from their store, and then uh, apparently Amazon Web Services um, turned off all of, like they removed their access, um, so they were not able to um, access their um, files and stuff, and people wouldn't be able to use the apps or website if, even if they had access to it. Um, so then uh, apparently they are now suing Amazon for kicking them off the internet, I guess. Um, so, yeah. So I think, apparently uh, that, that company was pretty wealthy and now it's just all, all gone. I feel like it wasn't necessarily a problem that they weren't moderating. It's more of a problem that they weren't really big enough <laughs> for people to like be able to see what was going on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like if it was on Twitter, well, like Twitter would Twitter would have put like like probably would have removed that stuff though. Right, but even then it's like it's so it's so like looked after just by everyone that it's like people would have actually known that it was coming. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think they did know it was coming, but I don't know what there was a miscommunication or something. Um yeah. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so apparently the, uh, creators of Parler sued Amazon for ending a web hosting agreement after last week's riots at the Capitol. Parler claims Amazon Web Services, uh, severed ties to stop Parler from competing with larger social platform Twitter, and it's asking a court to stop Amazon from shutting down its account, arguing that an extended shutdown would be like pulling the plug on a hospital patient on life support. Apparently, that's in quotes, so that's apparently what Parler said. Interesting comparison. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so, um, yeah, I personally, I think, um, I understand the free speech thing, but I think if it's against Apple's terms of service, like on apps that are in their app store, as well as um, like stuff like that's against Twitter's terms of service and all the other social media platforms, if it's against their terms of service, they should absolutely delete um, something if it's not appropriate or if, um, or if like something like this where it was like hateful to the country and stuff like that um i think that uh, amazon right. is in the right here um, yeah um, they, they would have gotten a lot of stuff had they not done this it's they're also they're also private companies like they can really do whatever they want like apple can pull that if they want There's, there should be no like if you don't if you don't like what they're doing they don't use their product yeah. You you have the freedom to do that and because they're a private company they should have the freedom to you know. Yeah, I think the thing is is that like people are saying that like Apple and Google have kind of have a monopoly on that cuz you can't sideload apps at least onto iPhones. I know you can on Android, but um Yeah. But I guess they also but I think they have a website as well that you can like do stuff on, so I guess they couldn't really use that against them. I don't know. Just yeah. find that interesting. Yeah, uh, I think in that regards, it's like uh, a little more fair on on Apple's side, just because even on Google, on the Google like Android phone side, you do have the choice to still sideload the apps if you want to. 
exactly. just Google decides they don't want to offer it to you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And even if you are on an Apple device, you can go online too. Right. Yeah, website. you can just use the web app. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see. Apparently, um, this company, um, the Alarm.com, uh, has just released a touchless doorbell. The oh yeah, I saw that. Um, so, an alarm.com has announced a new device for anyone worried about visitors catching COVID-19 from, of all things, their doorbell. Rather than using a button, the touchless video doorbell is designed to chime when its camera detects the visitor standing on your doormat. Alarm.com claims that it's the first commercially, first commercially available video doorbell that rings without requiring any contact and that its aim is to reduce public health risks and make home visits and deliveries safer for all. So, uh, the first commercially available doorbell that rings without requiring any contact, if it actually rings your doorbell inside, I would say yes, but if you would ha have the um, Ring app, like the Ring doorbell, if you have the app, anytime uh, there's motion, like on your doormat or whatever, you can set the radius, you get an alert on your phone that says there's motion at the front door, and your phone will chime um, if, you right. have your, if it's not on vibrate. But I guess if this actually does ring the doorbell in your house, yes, I do think that it may cause a bunch of problems, like if a leaf were to blow by or something like that, um, yeah, but uh, I think it's a cool idea. Yeah, it's definitely not something we haven't seen, but, um, uh, I find that interesting because, like, there's been a lot of studies saying that surfaces aren't as much of a problem as they're meant out to be with COVID yeah. and other illnesses and stuff. Like the time they last on a on a surface is not very long. Yeah. So I don't know if it's if you're going for like an already established like network like Ring or the Nest doorbell or whatever. It's definitely it shouldn't it's not going to be a deciding factor which one you choose. I feel like because yeah. of the touchless, you know. Yeah. Agreed. Um, let's do one more here. Here we go. Um, this one's interesting. Uh, just one quick one before we do our last topic. Um, apparently, OnePlus has released their first uh, wearables, like a c uh, com competitor to like Fitbit and stuff. Um, so that's pretty oh, cool. I didn't see this. I'm going to look at it. But, um, yeah. So if you want to check that out, go and look it up. But, uh, Wearables. For our last topic of the night, um, uh, we are going to talk about, uh, apparently Apple is reportedly planning a big iMac redesign as well as a half-sized Mac Pro, um, which is uh, pretty interesting. So, a Mac Mini. So like a Mac Mini, like the uh, it's like if the Mac Pro and Mac Mini had a baby, so it's like a it's like a Mac Mini Pro. <laughs> yeah, it's like in between exactly Mac Mini Pro. So, so next they're gonna have an iPhone Mini Pro. iPhone, well iPhone Mini Pro Plus Max Two XL. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. 
Um, so it says, uh, in addition to a revamp MacBook Pros uh, that are supposed to come out with, there's supposed to be a 14 inch and 16 inch that are that are supposedly going to ditch the touch bar and resurrect MagSafe, um, which is going to be pretty interesting. Uh, Apple is also said to be planning to announce its long-awaited iMac redesign this year and a pair of Mac Pro refreshes on the roadmap too. This is all according to Bloomberg's Mark Gurman, who says the iMac will undergo its most significant overhaul since 2012. And even then, the one from like 2006-2012, like they, they switched it, I think in, they switched it from 2006 to 2010, um, no, wait, was it 2006, 2010, or 2009? They had, like, the box, the boxy-type, um, iMacs, like, they're, they were square, and then after that, uh, up until 2012, they had the big rectangular ones, but it had the CD drive, and then in 2012, they switched it to what it looks like now, where it's, like, thin on the sides, and then bigger on the back without the CD drive, um, but anyway... Um, so they're supposedly going to ditch the chin beneath the screen, cut down on display bezels, and move to a flat back design. The overhaul, the overall appearance, uh, will likely resemble the Pro Display XDR. So that should look pretty nice. The new iMac will replace the Intel powered 27 inch and 21.5 inch versions currently available, and move to, uh, the all-in-one desktop to Apple Silicon. It'll be one of the most significant visual makeovers of any Apple product this year, or I think in many years, according to the report. The existing iMac packs top-tier top specs and a beautiful screen into a design that has felt particularly outdated for... I, this says the last couple of years. I think it's longer than the last couple of years. Um, so this change will be, felt, uh, will be welcome as long as it looks good. Uh, the last revision focused on uh, increased speed and improved webcam uh, and also added an option for a matte and nano-textured uh, display coating. Uh, as for the Mac Pro, Apple seems to have uh, a two-prong plan, this is. Uh, it'll refresh the current uh, upgradable tower design. German says the company is considering sticking with the Intel processors for this machine. So for the Mac Pro, I think until the... Uh, chips are more powerful, or they come out with a more powerful one. Yeah, desktop um, version or something. Yeah, for since the Mac Pro is used for like <laughs> video editing and like photo editing and like high-powered stuff, I think they're gonna stick with the Intel Xeon chips. Um, uh, but that doesn't mean that Apple is stalling on a Mac Pro that runs on its own chips. The company is also apparently at work on a completely new form factor. So my guess is it's going to be kind of like a mini ITX, or, or not mini, I don't know, mini, no, I, it's just an ITX, like an ITX type computer. Yeah. Um, so it's like relatively small uh, that uses its own chips. Um, and it will be half less than half the total size of the current Mac Pro. The design will feature a mostly aluminum exterior and could invoke a uh, a nostalgia for the powered Mac G4 Cube, he says. So it seems oh. like they're going to take away a lot of uh, like customizability within the computer. Because uh. is, is are the Xeons integrated already into the board? No, 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 no. They're, yeah, they're, they're removable? Yeah. I'm assuming. But yeah. the Mac Pro, like the half-size Mac Pro, Mac Mini Pro, uh, 2 Plus XL to the 4th um, Pro, will, um, 
I think that since it has Apple Silicon, you won't be able to take out the CPU or upgrade RAM, which is kind of annoying. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they like still put some uh, RAM slots on the yeah on the board they, they or not. Or, yeah, because um, I feel like that's that a bites. must with uh, with that. Yeah, know? yeah. That's like that's like the purpose of the Mac Pro is like. Yeah, well, yeah, of any desktop really. Yeah. Like even on the new iMacs. <clears throat> but yeah, so. Uh, I'm actually, I'm going to look up, I think there were some cool photos, um, new iMac and Mac Pro leaks. Let's see, let's look up some images. Um, hold on. Uh, I had saw some pictures <coughs> on social media before, um, which looked pretty cool. Um, so I want to try to find those. Uh, didn't they, didn't they make a Mac Mini Pro at one point? I don't think so. It was a black Mac Mini. Or is that just... Yeah, the no, that, they Mac just switched Mini. the color that year for some reason. I'm not really sure oh, okay. why. Um, alright, so here, let's, let's do this. They're going to so bring here, back the trash can? What? yeah. So this is a picture of one, maybe. Um, so it's, you can see the full screen display. Um, so yeah, it'll look somewhat like kind of like this. Um, let's open this in a new tab. Um, yeah. Let's see. It'll look probably something like this, if I had to guess. Um, so it'll have a little bit of ch chin on the bottom, maybe. Um, it depends on if it's going to look like the Pro Display XDR or not. And then it still kind of has that base that the iMac has. Um, which looks pretty nice. I don't really like this blue color that they did, but um, I feel like uh, a new base would really change everything. I don't know. I'm kind of a uh, fan of the one that it has now. Um, so yeah. So here's this is kind of what people were looking at. This like half size type one, um, kind of like this. They kind of just squished it down. Um, but it would be kind of cool if they um, made it so that there wasn't just one direction that it could sit. What do you mean by that? Like, uh, I know Dell has computers that you can put on the side or you can, like, mount to the back of a... Um, mount to the back of a screen. Oh, oh, I know you're talking about... Oh, like the ones that... Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, I guess that would be pretty cool. Um, yeah, not a huge priority. Like, that's not, like, a deal-breaker for me. Um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, that would be pretty cool. Um, yeah, these definitely look interesting. So I'm excited to see definitely these new refreshes. And um, stay tuned, because if they do release one, I'll definitely try to get one to unbox, because um, they look really cool. Um, and stay tuned. I have a new video coming out either tomorrow or the next day. Um uh, which is uh, should be good. This is uh, it'll be an AMD uh, Ryzen five fifty six hundred X processor. So um, make sure to uh, stay tuned for that. Um, also make sure to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the Tech Prof JB as it says right here. Um, also 
um, head over to the techprofessor.net, which is our forum, and make sure to sign up if you have any tech questions you want to ask um, and chat with the community. And um, also head over to the techprofessor.shop or ttpmerch.com to um, pick up some um, uh, to pick up some merch. Um, so yeah, so I'm M. Jake. That's Max, um, tech professor. And, Thanks for uh, having me. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you for joining. And I'll uh, catch you guys in the next one.